0: Joining us now, he is the head golf coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Bruce Hepler joins us. Bruce, welcome into the golf shop. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Uh, ACC Champions uh, has a good ring to it, doesn't it? It always does, for certain. It always
1: does. <laughs> <laughs> and you've had plenty of them too, Bruce. I mean, how many uh, was that?
2: Six, 15?
0: Uh,
2: I think the program has 18, and we've won 13 of them since I've been here amazing
0: yeah you guys are you guys are making a little bit of a home over there at old north state club too aren't you
2: well if, was, if i ever find a place to have a second home that'll be it <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh you guys kind of kind of brought a little bit of can of whoop something to uh, the rest of the the acc uh minus 37 a 15 shot win um I guess the uh, it was just uh, kind of smooth sailing for you guys. Um, I don't. What is it? Is this just a course for for the horses that you have at Georgia Tech?
2: Well, I I, I think that's what some of the other teams are starting to think, which is a positive for us, I guess. <laughs> um, no, I think that um, you know, since so, so, you hear know, the comments about this is a Fazio course or this is a Nicholas course, and they say, well, what do you need to do to play well? You, do? If you can hit a lot of fairways and greens. Well, it's kind got of the same with every <laughs> golf course, but I do think that um, history has led our guys to believe that we're going to play well there. Um, take even take new guys who've never played the golf course. There's just a feeling that that you know I don't know if it's magical or whatever you want to call it, but I think we do a great job of talking ourselves into it and I think that helps.
1: Bruce, you're, you're ranked seventh in the country. Um, my thinking about rankings as far as college golf is concerned is it's, it's kind of subjective, isn't it? I mean, the guys have got to play good golf at the right time. And so I don't, I don't really know how you rank teams other than the talent you have on the team. Would you agree with that?
2: Well, they've got these fancy computers now and, and you really have two major rankings. You have the, the one that, uh, they use with Golfing Magazine, which Jeff Saragan did, which is a lot like the football and basketball stuff, which is a lot of head-to-head. And then I guess it's shot differential, how you bad you actually beat somebody. And then golf stat, which does most of our live scoring, um, they've gone ahead and got something that it's a mystery as to what's in there. But they throw a lot of information in there. And, you know, they'll have – because obviously we don't play everybody, but they'll have, well, this person beat that person. And then, there's you know, there's the whole – Children and grandchildren type philosophy of these wins, you know, kind of stacking up. So, it's probably as good as you can do. Um, again, at the end of the year, it doesn't really matter. You just, it's how you play on the golf course. So, um, you know, they're nice, but they don't really mean anything.
1: Bruce, I'm a big Georgia Tech fan. Uh, grew up in Atlanta. Family went to Georgia Tech, so. Uh, I'm on your side all the time, man, but, uh, but what I wanted to tell you was I, I kind of did some homework last night, and I looked at some of the guys you've coached and, and kind of tallied up the winnings, and I came up with, um, uh, and, and you can add people to this, but Roberto Castro, Anders Albertson, Troy Madison, Kucher, Bryce Mulder, Krim, Cameron Tringali, Stuart Sink. That totals $124,600,000. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's – I guess I should have started the 1% club before they left. Who else – They've done done great. Yeah, they've been successful once the 1% left here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, you guys have definitely uh, got a great program down there. And, uh, you know, one of the things – I mentioned you won by 15 shots. But one of the things that I'm looking at, and you can kind of tell me the trend – over over the three rounds is I'm looking at the final round and all of the scores uh, and I see on the back nine. I see a lot of red numbers and I see very few green and a, a, and one blue, which means that when I tallied up, you guys were minus nine in the last nine holes coming down the stretch. Um, was that something that uh, kind of was a trend that you guys were were really solid on that back nine? I mean, obviously you had to be solid on both nines to to shoot to get to 37 under. But I mean, it just seemed like your guys, you know, kind of stepped it up and just and, and kept their uh, foot on the gas pedal.
2: I would guess if you looked at all three rounds, you might see something similar. Um, obviously, a, a little unnerving to have a 17 shot lead and then sleep on it for two nights. Uh, yeah, and you know, and so we I think we got off to a bit of a Slow start early. We missed a couple of par putts uh, and a couple of birdie putts around the hole, so we were just kind of treading water. And Virginia gotten off to a nice start, I believe. And I think our guys eight and nine were playing uh, into the wind, and uh, they played those holes really well. And then they just kind of turned into the back, and I think that's when they finally kind of took a deep breath and really just started to play. Was on the back, and, and um, you know, it's a couple of par fives, eighteen plays downwind. It's almost a par four, you know, but. Uh, no, it's an older team now. Uh, they have played that back stretch a bunch, and you know, that's kind of when you know you're you know you're getting somewhere is when they finish like that.
1: Bruce, on this team, who do you see going going pretty far uh,
2: on the on the tour? Well, I'd say that right now, our top four guys all have a chance. Um, you've got two guys averaging under seventy, uh, and then two guys averaging under seventy-one. So. Uh, I think Andy Ty, and Luke will all have a chance, and then Mel will come right behind them. And you know, Connor Howe just being a freshman, so those, those are four guys who, you know, there's, you know, you, there's only so much room out there, right? There's only 150 guys on the starting every week, but all four of those guys, I think, have professional skill sets.
1: I kept noticing Andy Ogletree's name on the on the leaderboard over the three days. Uh, I don't, I can't recall if you just mentioned him or not.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's Amy, and Luke are all juniors. And then Noah's the a okay. softball coming oh. behind him. So, yeah. They're all their games all Yeah, I mean, you guys,
0: guys – I mean, I, I don't – you obviously don't know. I'm assuming all these guys uh, will be back next year. You may lose one. I, I don't know. Uh, but it seems like you've got some uh, – some certainly some talent in waiting as well on the roster.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, –
0: <laughs> the next 14 months could be pretty special.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, who in your opinion is the better player ollie or luke at this
2: point they're very different i would probably have to give the nod to ollie uh by this time he's, you know he was okay. number one in the world uh he just came in so much more physically ready for this um than luke did and luke spent some time in the gym but uh luke does some things that uh that are you know on the same level but i just think physically. And from a maturity standpoint, Ollie's probably was a little ahead of him at this time, but uh, Luke really knows how to practice I think he's benefited from his brother's knowledge and information about how to get better, and, and he's done a great job of doing that. I mean, Ollie yeah, I was the number the two great kid in the country this. when he got here, so a little oh, bit okay. different resume starting college.
1: We're, we're talking about Ollie and Luke Schneidergens to the, to the audience out there. Ollie is... Um, I think good things are going to happen for him pretty soon.
2: Uh, I know he's working at it. You know, this again—it's how do you deal with every level you go up? You know, the expectations grow, and um, when you want it that bad, sometimes you you know you can try too hard and do some things. But he's always found a way, and uh, again, (laughs) been at it for two years, and uh, so no, I don't have any any doubts about that.
0: All right, so uh, so what's next, and when's it going to happen for you guys going into the uh, NCAA's?
2: Well, we'll wait for the call-in show, or the, or the, the, the announcement. I think it's Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. on the Golf Channel. So we'll sit around and wait and see where we're going, and finish up with school here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then uh, this is really the best time of the year where you don't have any school and it's just all golf.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you have a feeling uh i mean with your ranking do you kind of have a an idea of where you think you may go no i don't they do an s curve um and so i don't know
2: if we can get okay. if we're going to get back into the top six or not with the golf we played lately uh if we get in the top six then there's a good chance we could be sent to Athens, georgia they're hosting um but if, until you know who the top six are and how they rank if you're outside of that then if you're number seven you go to number six is, if you're eight. You go to where number five is, and so until those top six are settled, uh, it could be Athens. It could be Pullman, Washington, at this point in time. So I have, really have no idea.
0: Have you guys played any of the courses that are up in the regionals?
2: Uh, I think we've had some guys from the state that have. I'm sure, Luke's played over in Athens several times. Um, our guys want to go to. <laughs> go to Stanford? Um, you know, it's <laughs> from California. We played at a regional there two years ago. So. Uh, they love uh-huh. California, but um, that's really about it. I don't think no one's ever been to Austin. Uh, I don't think anyone's been to Louisville. Um, we've never played TPC Myrtle Beach, so no, it'll be it'll be a new it'll be a new experience.
0: Cool. Uh, you know how has recruiting changed over the years that you've been a a, a head golf coach? I mean, uh, it, it seems like recruiting. Has become, um, you know, more worldwide. Uh, in the past, it probably went from more regional to more national. Now it's gone more worldwide, hasn't it? And and what is the challenge of recruiting these days? Well, there's there's more information out there than ever, so it really
2: kind of evens things up. Um, the thing that I've noticed is the commitment that more schools have made to uh, to being successful. And when I first started doing this in '88 and '89, you go to US Junior, and there'd almost be no one left there for match play. And now there'll be 120 guys still chasing the final 36. So it's just way more competitive. There's way more information. There's websites to keep track of stuff, and so um, hard to find a sleeper. And then obviously even you know you have the whole you know international scene that's come along because some of those schools decided hey it's better to get the best player in Norway than the 105th player in the United States. So that's just again even things out. There's more good teams and more good coaching than we've ever had.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's the time frame I started at Clemson in 88, and it seemed like that, uh, you know, that was kind of the time frame, I guess, right around the time that you started uh, the, the coaching gig, is that uh, that's when the, you know, we as amateurs started to get all of these events and the things, in the, and almost the, the U.S. started to shrink a little bit from, a, from that standpoint, I mean. You go out and recruit these kids now, and, I mean, they're, they're professional amateurs. They're playing in all these events and all these junior events and junior tours all around the country, and some of them get to go play in different things around the world, and it's it's a completely different environment and how prepared some of these kids are a lot of times when, when you get them as a, as a freshman in college.
2: Well, the HAGA has done a great job of kind of yes. managing junior golf, and they've gone from when I first started to basically a summer tour, uh, with maybe 30 events uh, to where, or less than that, and now they're year round um, playing on the weekends during the school year, and now they're up to 75 or 80 tournaments. That's just, well, just one organization. So the amount of golf that these kids have played by the time they get to us has changed dramatically. Much more prepared.
0: Do do you do you see any kind of burnout because of that at all? I mean, you know, again, these these kids are all coming in a hundred percent prepared. Sometimes it seems like, but it is sometimes there that thing where maybe it's not as fun. I mean, I hate to say it, but I was watching the 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 drive chip and putt at Augusta this year, and you know, there was a couple of kids that didn't hit some some great shots and the disappointment and the lack of uh, the fun that they seem to be having was a little concerning to me. Do you ever see any of that when you go out and, and do these recruiting events? Oh, absolutely. And I guess what I see is, that I think the answer to your question is, why are they there? Are they there because they love it
2: or their parents want them to? Right, and I think right. the kids that just love it won't burn out. The kids that are pulled and prodding along, mom and dad, are a big part of the deal. And um, I think those are the kids who struggle with it. Hmm. So if you if you love it, you ever get tired of it. But if you're kind of forced to practice and forced to do stuff, then I think sometimes it gets to be where you just really don't want to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and before we let you go, I want to just uh, to touch on the recruiting thing again. I mean, if there are listeners out there who have kids that are that are really good players and and have college aspirations, what's what's the best way for them to go about being recruited or getting themselves noticed by college coaches?
2: Well, it's, it's there's about there's really only one way. You just have to go play an event. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, get letters and videos. How do you, I don't I don't know how that means anything. Uh, you just have to play and build a resume. That's there's just really no other way.
0: Just get your name out there. Get at the top of the yep. leaderboard. Play well and and uh, kind of let them. it all yep. take place. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Uh, Well, Bruce, man, we appreciate you taking some time with us. Congratulations on uh, the ACC championship yet again, and good luck in the regionals and hopefully the finals.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on.